Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Kalina Trajanowska. Kalina is the CEO of a very cool company called Coach Microlearning based in Macedonia. And they've had some amazing success from an amazing background. And I'd love to dive into what they've built and what they're planning to do in the future to grow the business. But firstly, Kalina, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for the invite, Ben. I really appreciate that. Yes, good to have you. I'm definitely planning to get to Macedonia one day. I have not been there. I hear the cafes are amazing. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But yeah, tell us a little bit about Coach Microlearning because I'm a huge fan of, well, microlearning in itself. So rather than the death by PowerPoint or here's a huge file, I want you to read this file and come back and report on what you've learned. You've taken a very different approach. But before you tell me about the creation of what it actually does, can we take a step back? How did it actually get produced? Because it wasn't just a group of people came up with an idea and let's build it. You had a previous business which fed into this. Is that correct? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you the origin story. So me and my co-founder, his name is Alexander. He's a UX UI designer. And I also have a software and engineering background. So we ran a digital agency working with global brands such as Sony, Maserati. And actually on the project with Maserati, we were hired to digitalize their internal sales training. They had previously done these trainings in a pretty old format. It was in flash and it needed to be updated in a modern technology. So while we were doing this project, we were constantly seeing the problems that big companies face while trying to train their employees. The problems are that When there's a new car, they would organize a large seminar, have maybe 5,000 people all in one location, present the specifications of the new car, spend all of this money on the organization. But then two weeks afterwards, a lot of that knowledge has disappeared and the salespeople can't actually retain everything that's, you know, dumped on them on one day of learning. So that defeats the whole purpose of investing money into a one-day seminar. That's the problem. There's actually a cognitive phenomenon called the forgetting curve, which is the cause of this. It's not the fault of the employees. It's not the fault of the company organizing the training. It's just how our brains work. We just retain information that we use in everyday life. This was one of the biggest problems. The second problem was that we saw that managers and trainers have no way of tracking information or tracking actually the knowledge retained after the training is done. Because even if they do some form of assessment, they usually do it only once. And we know that knowledge is not like a hard drive. It's not like you upload content and you'll find it there always. No, it changes over time. But if we track it once, we have no real data on what our employees know and what they don't know. And the third problem is, like you said, the boringness of it, the boringness of the trainings, and the low engagement from the employees because nobody wants to sit through eight-hour training sessions or read through 50 pages of material. And as people, even though if we do read it because it's mandatory, right, we have no idea what we know, what we don't know afterwards. So those were the main problems that inspired us to look for a solution. 
And when our German partner invited us to find out more about what we can do because we successfully completed the previous project, that's where we saw our opportunity. Me and my co-founder, we sat down, we said, okay, let's, you know, find a solution to all of these problems. Let's brainstorm. Let's bring a fresh concept so we can further our collaboration. So we sat down, we spent like two weeks prepping before the meeting, brainstorming ideas. There were, you know, sleepless nights. <laughs> and that's where actually the initial idea about Coach was born. This was back in 2019, before the COVID crisis. And we haven't stopped working on it since. We saw that it's a big opportunity, that the market has a real need for a solution like this. Because not only Maserati, not only the car industry, Many, many companies deal with the same problems. Yeah. There's a couple of things that arose from what you were saying there that I think would be very interesting for people to note. One is the fact that you and your co-founder, you didn't just dream up interesting ideas and interesting solutions to problems that maybe didn't exist. You were really focusing on the pain points and pain points, maybe I overuse it, but it's stuff that's annoying or causing problems for businesses and then trying to solve those problems because in my position, helping many different HR businesses and consulting firms and so on, sometimes people go about it the wrong way and think up what can we produce that will be really cool and then no one actually needs it or wants it or maybe they think it's great, but there are bigger fish to fry. There's bigger problems to worry about. And then the other thing you mentioned was the fact that it was through another organization that was sort of controlling or a partner for these different premium brands. And I'm constantly telling businesses in the HR sector to look for partnerships and leverage points to open up new doors and things like that. So personally, that's how we grew our own HR consulting business. But I love the way that you describe how you were able to access, for instance, Mercedes, as well as Maserati deal and possibly others until COVID went and killed it all. But could you explain exactly what it is? Like, is it an app? Is it a website? You know, just for a practical sense. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Coach Microlearning is actually a two-part platform for internal trainings and making them more effective, more engaging, and of course, impacting performance. That's the end goal. Like, we don't want to do training just for the sake of it. We want the training to generate more sales, to help the company with their KPIs, where there is less injuries, more productiveness, and so on. So how it works is actually there's a mobile app for the employees and an admin panel for the managers where they can track the knowledge of the employees over time. But the app, it's where the, let's say, innovation is because we don't do it through typical, just upload your training materials and they have it in the app. No, we have content-based learning games where they get asked questions from the materials that they need to know. So think more like Duolingo, but instead of learning languages, you're learning company-specific materials. For example, if you're a consumer electronic salesperson, it will ask you questions that really customers ask you. For example, what type of washing machine should I get if I have pets? Or what's the difference between these two TVs and so on? So the material inside of the app is different for every company. And it's about their internal processes, stuff that their employees need to know. And the way that the app works is they get points for correct answers. And if they get an answer wrong, coach tells them the correct answer. So they learn. And because the games are very fast, you have a timer for a minute or two, they need to react quickly in order to, you know, score the points and finish the game. They get motivated by all of these game mechanics 
And in the end, they learn much, much faster in a smaller amount of time. You can actually cover the whole material. The smart part about the app is that as they answer questions, it detects which parts of the material they don't know. And then it promotes those types of materials again for them to read and fill in their knowledge gaps. And then again, it prefers those type of questions to ask that person again in order to make sure that he has mastered it. So for example, if you and me, if we start using that, it's not going to give us the same questions. It's a completely personalized learning experience with no need for the learning and development professional to make specific learning paths. No, our algorithm does that automatically. And it reminds employees when to refresh their knowledge with personalized notifications and so on. So the app is really engaging. Employees love it. We see with our clients when somebody launches it that the employee feedback is really great. They want to play it at home. They want to play it sometimes, you know, before bed at at (laughs) 1 a.m. We see these sessions and they feel like the company really cares about them because it gives them an easy way to be better. It's better for the employees because if they get better performance, if they sell more, they're going to get promoted. They're going to get perks for themselves as well. So that's how we want to align all of these motivations of the employees and the managers towards the same goal, right? Finally, about the admin panel, that's what I wanted to add about the platform. That's where the managers can add all the questions, the content, and also track insights. We have unparalleled statistics about the knowledge of each employee. They can see knowledge maps. They can see knowledge over time. They can analyze data about different locations they have, if they have multiple stores, detect problems. And the most interesting part of all, I think, is the AI training generator. So what we're doing is we're currently building and developing an AI-powered tool that can transform training manuals the company already has in Word format, in PowerPoint presentations and different formats, directly into a coach training, completely with structure, with lessons, with questions and answers. And it's really magic because it does a job in two minutes. What the expert would take 20, 30, 50 hours of work. And of course, it's not perfect. It needs to get reviewed afterwards, but it really is a jumpstart for the companies. I think that's amazing. Some industries rely heavily on quality assurance or quality control systems. So you've got standard operating procedures. And so you write out the procedure and then you allocate different roles to those jobs and then the people to those jobs. Training is required for each and every procedure and it has to be refreshed every year before an audit, all that kind of stuff. In my mind, I can see some of the files from early days. And this is a way of extracting all that boring, dusty information, which has to be done because you don't pass a quality control audit. It can extract it and turn it into gamified learning and a way to educate the workforce. I can imagine in the future that a possible development is connecting it to things like sales figures and financial Mm. figures so that the business from a high level can say, well, we're underperforming in this division or this function or this product, or we're not selling on this particular product line or whatever, and so increase sales training in a certain area or increase quality control because there's an error rate somewhere else to make it ever developing and ever learning. Exactly. That's what we're doing even now because Mm -hmm. we allow companies to cross-reference the data because we include the ID number of the 
employee, whether that's an SAP unique number or whatever other employee management platform that they use. And then they can cross-reference the data and it always correlates. So for example, if they don't know about the product, if they don't know its product specifications, its benefits, why it's better than the competitors, that gets shown in our analytics, right? But when we cross-reference it with the sales data, of course, they're not selling the product that they don't know, <laughs> right? So that's yeah. our main goal. Reps who know the products better sell better. And yeah. that's, you know, pretty obvious, but it's a hard thing to do when you have thousands of employees at different locations. It's impossible to do without a solution like this. And most solutions aren't personalized. They just serve the same content in the same order to all people and of course, it's boring, right? Because you think you know it. But when you get tested on it like this in an interesting way, you see that it's not like that. I love it. Now, if I turn to sort of the business growth side of things, so you are based in Macedonia, but you've got big plans, I'm guessing, to expand, you know, take over the whole world. So can you explain what your plans are on how to expand out of your national borders and expand across into other countries? So our initial goal was actually to test the product in different industries and prove its usefulness, right? We have to have case studies in order to sell in other countries. And that's what we did in our home country, Macedonia. We tested three different industries, consumer electronics, pharma manufacturers, and basically like a safety type of training for manufacturing companies, or currently we have a power industry plan. So we picked these clients very specifically for them to be international companies with subsidiaries in Macedonia. So the growth strategy here was to use our implementation and our data with the Macedonian subsidiaries as a proof of concept for the parent company to see that it actually works, that it actually brings results, and then to expand the contract on the level of the whole group. So that's why we actually work with an Austrian company with a subsidiary in Macedonia, with different, you know, international companies. And we have had pretty great results in the power industry. We increased the level of knowledge on the employees from around 60% at the beginning because we can actually detect base level knowledge because we track all of the answers, whether they're correct or incorrect. And in four weeks, it rose 37% on average. So in some cases, people even increased their knowledge 80%, you know, some people nice. that didn't know. And this was about critical information, safety standards, procedures that cause injuries if somebody doesn't know them. So every, let's say, question that somebody mastered with coach is a potential injury prevented or potential mistake that could cost the company a lot. And when they saw these numbers, immediately we organized the meeting with the CEO of the Macedonian subsidiary and preparing a presentation, you know, for the international company. So I think it's a really good strategy to think about companies that are, you know, not formed in their end market to pick these companies that have bigger potential. And now our plans, once we, you know, validated that the product actually brings results, now we are planning to enter the UK market. We're working on an outreach strategy. And because we already have these case studies in these three different industries, it's much, much easier. So that would be also a part of my advice. Always have proof of the value that your product brings to your 
customers in whatever way that you can get that proof. Because when a customer sees his industry, his problems, his words that you use in the communication with him, it's way, way easier and it's closer to him. It seems like you have the solution to exactly his problems. So for the HR businesses that serve different industries, please focus on this. Focus on different materials. I know it's hard. Like we have maybe 30 different presentations, you know, for different use cases, different industries. It's a lot of work to prepare these personalized materials, but it really does have an effect. So that would be my advice. I love it. That is excellent advice. So just touching on that last point about different presentations for different use cases or different situations. A lot of companies wouldn't do that. They'd have their standard slide deck that they bring out, stick it onto the projector and talk away. Whereas whatever situation you're going into to speak to, you change it. So if it's a manufacturing sector business, then you probably got a manufacturing sector presentation with case studies from the manufacturing sector. And if you're going into financial services, you have a financial services version. I think it's an excellent idea. And it's one I would always recommend to clients and so on, for instance, on their website, just have different versions of services accustomed or focus for different sectors. Just to clarify, your expansion plan involves looking for companies with subsidiary businesses. Do you look for the company that has a head office based in Macedonia or a subsidiary company that is based in Macedonia? A subsidiary company based in Macedonia because we want the parent company to be in more developed markets and and so on. So for people listening, just to clarify, I'm sure you get it, but if you want to get Coca-Cola as a client, where are they, in Atlanta or something? You're not going to do it realistically right? But if you go to the Coca-Cola subsidiary in Macedonia and win their business, then that enables you to then contact the subsidiary business next door in what, Serbia or across in Austria, let's say. So you get a couple of them and suddenly you can go to Atlanta and say, look, we've already got five of your national operations using our system. They all love it. Can we at least present to you? It's a land and expand type approach, which is very, very clever. Now, I know you're doing some other marketing stuff like LinkedIn and stuff like that. Do you want to just tell us or share some ideas or experiences on what you're doing in the other areas of marketing? Of course. So what we've seen is that community is really important. So connecting with the people who are your target group and interacting with them, not only just messaging them, but I'm going to share insight that we recently saw. So we tested posting strategies, outreach strategies, but we saw that commenting is a really effective way of getting the attention of the people that you want Mm -hmm. and also similar people. So for example, let's say that you really want to connect with somebody, but they're a busy individual, maybe it's a CEO or maybe it's somebody popular, an influencer in your industry. If you write them a message, okay, you have a you know 50-50 chance whether you're going to catch their attention and everything, but that also requires you know that you hit the right wording, that you really have a value to offer. But if they're posting and if you comment on their post, first, you're giving them value, right? You're giving them exposure, you're giving them engagement. They're posting because they want reactions. It's good for them. So you've already kind of help them and don't post just, okay, great post or, oh, I agree with you. That's not insightful. That doesn't stir up a discussion. That doesn't show your way of thinking. Try to comment something that's useful, that's insightful, that gives them, you know, a new perspective to look at something or maybe ask them a question so they can comment back. And 
of course, they're going to click on your profile. They don't know you. Who is this that's commenting on my posts? So right now you get kind of like a different dynamic going on. You're not begging for their attention, <laughs> right? That you're messaging them out of the blue. No, they're the ones that discover you. And because they're the ones that click on your profile, they're going to look around, they're going to try to find out information, maybe click on your website. And now they've already seen your face. They've seen your picture. They've seen your name. And next time, maybe you comment even once more or like their post. And then when you send a message, now you're getting your chances up for a reply much, much more. So I would highly recommend this. Of course, it only works with people who are active on LinkedIn and posting. So not in all of the cases. For the other cases, I would suggest something else. So if somebody is not active on LinkedIn or posting and you want to send them some kind of message, always, always go straight to the point in the first one or two lines with some research that you've done, with something that shows that you've spent time for them, for their personal life or their position or something that actually brings value to them. Always try to do that first. So for example, maybe say something like, if they're working at Coca-Cola, you've mentioned that company already. I've read in your yearly report that next year's focus is on this or that and strategy. And I saw that, I don't know, your competitors are doing this. So always try to be relevant and timely regarding to some event. Maybe they're hiring a new sales representative and you see, you know, they're growing their team. So you might say something like, I see you're growing your sales team, but how are you onboarding them, you know, and always Whatever. connect with the thing that you want to talk about that gives you space, but always bring value. Yeah. I mean, a robot or a software version of that message would be, hello, first name. I see that you work for Coca-Cola Company Limited. And then instantly they know, oh, here we go. Yeah. This is not real. Whereas you're showing you've taken time and effort. So people listening to this will probably think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. Well, if you want to get the bigger accounts, then yeah. So obviously you're not going to do a thousand of those messages necessarily in a day. You might do a handful or you might do more. But if you want to get those bigger accounts, then it probably makes sense to spend a little bit of extra time to actually go in and look at the annual report online or company page for the latest update or something like that and work that into your message. I think that's an excellent idea. Can I also just, sorry, clarify on the previous thing about the uh, land and expand method of subsidiaries and how do you find companies in other countries or people that you would contact? So for instance, as you plan to expand into the UK, how would you look for companies with that Macedonian connection? There are multiple ways, definitely. But one interesting thing is because there's a lot of people all over the world, which, you know, come from Macedonia, but then change locations, they're the Macedonian diaspora. There are these groups where, you know, people still want to hang out with people from their home country. There are Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, and that's a good place to start, you know, to start exploring people and companies that have a connection to the homeland and have some, you know, incentive why they would listen to you and so on. That's one of the strategies. But other strategies are, for example, like you said, LinkedIn is a very powerful tool and we use it constantly finding the correct people. And one of the strategies that we're doing, there are tools that can extract people who have interacted with the post 
So you can actually find posts that you didn't post, right? But from individuals, from influencers that are relating to the subject that you want. For example, in learning and development, somebody posts about micro-learning, somebody posts about training salespeople, and they have, I don't know, maybe a thousand likes or 300 comments. They have built this following over the years. But you can use that post to your advantage if you enter it into some tools. For example, there's this tool called Hey Reach, and it extracts people who have interacted with that post. And now you have a list of people that are relevant to you, and you can do further research. Sometimes these people will not be your clients. They will be people similar to you that are offering HR services to those people commenting as well, but you know, most of them, like 80% will be really, really relevant. So always try to leverage other people's uh, audiences. And I'm not saying like take use of this, but you have to start somewhere, right? You will also see what kind of content they're interacting with, posting with, you will expand your network. That's another strategy, but we can talk strategies like for an, you know <laughs> three hours because you always have to iterate and that's what we're doing. You know, we don't want to be the typical salespeople that are, you know, like, okay, buy our software. No, we want to find the customers that will really benefit from us and, you know, that we're like a good thing that they got a message from us. We don't want to be a nuisance in their day. No, we want to be a value bringing, let's say, interaction. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So using platforms and data systems to actually find people who are interested in a pain point, a product, not necessarily products, they may not have heard of yours yet, but discussing a need for some sort of either learning development thing or employee engagement thing, something like that, it's related to you. And then that is shortcutting the research process. And I agree that some outbound, let's call it cold messaging, cold email systems, if you're someone who's got a pain point or an issue in your business, and we know this because of, for instance, the post, the comments and likes on that particular related post, then they're more likely to actually be happy to hear or see your message. So we're not talking about, yeah, buy my free set of steak knives thing and get something else. It's someone who's really got an issue and they're happy to hear from someone who's got a potential solution to that. So I think that's excellent. Any final advice for people trying to grow an HR related business? Any final thoughts or advice? Yeah, I would kind of like roll back to what we were talking about, the research and personalization to every company. That is not wasted. So for example, if you research a company, if you find their pain points, if you do something and then you contact somebody from that company, he doesn't reply. Okay, nothing bad here. You can try account-based selling, which is to contact multiple people in that organization because you can have multiple people that will benefit from your solution. So for example, with coach, it's not only HR directors or, you know, heads of HR that would be interested. Yes, we would bring multiple benefits to them. But for example, sales directors would also benefit because they would increase sales metrics, which is their KPI to increase. So if you don't get a reply from one person in the organization and you've already done the research, it doesn't cost you anything to try the same approach with the multiple stakeholders that will benefit from your business. And in these big organizations, they don't talk with each other that often in order for them to be like, okay, hey, this girl reached out and you would get much better results and the time will not be wasted that you spend for the company. 
Completely agree. Yeah. So a big company has lots of people doing similar jobs across different divisions, across different locations, countries, et cetera. So yeah, Colleen has got some great advice there. So make sure if you're going for the account-based marketing, i.e. company-wide approach, then yeah, contact multiple people in different ways or different sections and extend your reach. Colleen, you've shared so much great advice and I think you guys are building an amazing product there at Coach Micro Learning. If people want to learn more about the business and maybe get in touch to either use it, become a customer, maybe refer business to you, what should they do next? It would be great to connect on LinkedIn. So Kalina Dranoska, or of course, go to our website, which is getcoach.app. That's our website. You can even find the link there where you can try the coach games for free. You can get a demo training, some things that we prepared for different industries, or you can even book time on my calendar and I'm available for discussions, consultations. If somebody has problems with their internal training, we have a 30-minute free consultation, one-on-one, about their specific problems. So I'm happy to share everything that we've learned so far and explore whether coach can be of service. Excellent. Love it. So we'll have the link to Kalina's LinkedIn profile so you can get in touch that way. And we'll also have the website address so you can go straight to the show notes. But again, it's www.getcoach.app. So Kalina, thank you very much. And I wish you all the best to you and your co-founder and the team for now and in the future. And I hope Coach Microlearning goes bigger and better. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. It was a real pleasure to be on this podcast and I wish you all the best. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.